0: Okay, big sensitive topic today, autoimmune crisis. So first of all, what is autoimmunity? Autoimmune disease is any condition where your immune system mistakenly attacks your body and your immune system is its purpose is to really guard against bacteria, viruses, etc. But sometimes things come in and it mistakes them. And then it starts to attack your own body. And I'm not like pro or anti gluten. I think it's really depends on particular people. But Sometimes it's thought like we need to avoid gluten in autoimmune conditions. And I would say that in autoimmune conditions, food ends up being a really big deal compared to even some other conditions. It's because it's gotten to a certain place. And so people with autoimmune conditions often respond better to food changes. And so anyway, sometimes it's thought that the body perceives gluten as kind of like a bacterian and virus and starts attacking you when you consume it. So let's talk about what are some other common autoimmune conditions, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, irritable inflammatory bowel disease, or IBD, also known as Crohn's and colitis, multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes, psoriasis, lots and lots and lots. It's a huge, huge, huge umbrella. Today, we're going to talk about a case study, which is my mom's, which is, and her autoimmune condition was myasthenia gravis. So if you've ever known anyone with MG or myasthenia gravis, feel free to share this episode with them. I have read a bajillion things about myasthenia gravis, and I would love to be able to to do something with that information. (laughs) Okay, so I want to tell you about my mom's autoimmune crisis. So before she went into crisis in March 2020, terrible time, by the way, to get to have an autoimmune crisis, which is essentially like a crisis pretty much puts you in a hospital. It's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. I've literally never seen an autoimmune condition case history without a big old stress component or like a lot of stressors or basically a perfect storm. And then like something just tipping you over the edge. And if I would think about that in my mom's case, you know, as a mother to six children, and they're kind of all over the place Of one's kind of like things that makes your mom really stressed out type things, you know, a husband that watches the news too much. And then and she traveled kind of right at the beginning of this and she's not like a big traveler usually and she went on a trip to visit her 97 year old mother so anyway lots of potential stressors and stress unfortunately a lot of high performers don't identify with the word stress they identify with like your set point gets better we can talk about that another time so autoimmune red flags if i think back to were there any red flags in her history that kind of like would make her seem like oh prime real estate for an autoimmune condition i would think of several things and i did have a series about this on my instagram anti nutrition on Instagram. And this was about, you know, a month or two ago. But basically, one of the red flags I had seen in her case history before this happened was the year before I had run a stool test called a GI map on her. And there's a marker on there called anti glide and IGA. It's essentially a marker of like, is your immune system freaking out to gluten? And I usually don't see like if someone's over around 200 or 250, they're usually going to notice symptoms from consuming gluten. She had nearly a 500 on that score. And I've talked to other colleagues about this. And there was one other gal who had MS. So another autoimmune condition that was like in the 800s. Otherwise, I had not really seen about 500 in anti and IgA. Like under 50 would be great. So anti and IgA in um, autoimmune conditions, gluten can be an issue. So that was one marker where I thought, well, wow, you are like kind of a unicorn with this one. The next thing that I saw again the year before, and I don't know if you've ever tried to help family, but helping family can be a little bit difficult. So we ran some tests, we did some things. And so I try to frame up when I'm doing programs with people in a way where we don't accidentally self sabotage ourselves because. We will typically do things for a while that make us feel good. And then we'll like lose interest. (laughs) It's just human nature. So anyway, so I use a couple different micronutrient tests in my practice. I think it's freaking amazing. I feel like a micronutrient ninja because there's a lot of different patterns where you can infer other issues. So I think it's a great gateway test. And it's often like a great gift to get your parents. So there's about 34 micronutrients that are tested in this comprehensive micronutrient test. That's a lot. Let's just review some basic physiology. When you eat food, we often think about macronutrients, the proteins of fats and carbs and food should break down into micronutrients, all your vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, et cetera. Okay, and those are the things that go out and do all the work. That's how they are like the tools that make every enzyme reaction happen. So I absolutely am convicted that micronutrient deficiencies are commonly treated with prescriptions and people don't get better. And then they just like continue to unravel downhill. Micronutrient optimization is incredible. However, you don't just take supplements. You look at it and say, cool, why would you have these deficiencies? Sorry about the tangents. Okay, so I love micronutrients, but she had over 15 micronutrient deficiencies. That is a lot, my friends. And then so what I look at is like overt deficiencies, borderline deficiencies, and trending low. So often conventionally, we're just black and white. We're like, yep, it's in or it's out. But what if it's like hanging near the edge? And we see that a lot. I like Hashimoto's as thyroid stuff, but like we see this with thyroid stuff people kind of have the symptoms and it's near it, but often they don't get help for it until it's like really far gone. And we often don't do the whole panel. So anyway, micronutrient deficiencies. This was a really big, this is a lot, a lot of deficiencies. So what do we use this for? If you have this many deficiencies and you can't do this many processes, your body cannot optimize properly. So when we worked on repleting some of those nutrients, she had these unusual responses different than even what is typical. She would say things like, well, my bladder doesn't hurt now that I'm taking these. And I'm like, that's not usually what people say when they take that supplement to replete. And so... She like had energy. She didn't need naps. It was so good. So, but 15 over 15 micronutrient deficiencies, and I see a lot of nutrient deficiencies in autoimmunity. One of the nutrient deficiencies that I think is really interesting in autoimmunity, especially in one of the micronutrient tests I use, is asparagine and other mitochondrial nutrients. Now, mitochondria are the organelles in the cell that make all the magic happen. They make energy, and so CoQ10, alpha acid, acetyl carnitine etc. If those are all trending low, and I'm looking at that, I can always be supporting mitochondria, and then. Asparagine is like very commonly seen as a deficiency in autoimmune conditions. So sometimes we'll kind of like look at that and say, okay, we really need to watch our stress because it's usually like the tipping point into autoimmunity. Autoimmunity is essentially your body's way of saying, screw you we are going to like push the brakes on this. All right. So the other thing that I saw in my mom's history was really poor immune response. So also back on that stool test, there is a marker called secretory IGA. It's one of my favorite markers because it's basically immune system soldiers. And It was so bad. So if you don't have like a good immune response, you can't mount a response and everything can kind of just come in and take up residence and you can have like pretty unraveled gut health and you can really suffer from things. This was obvious last Christmas when she got a salad at a fast food restaurant. Not a good time to get a salad in the wintertime at a fast food restaurant because the lettuce is coming from a long ways away and it's more likely to carry like those self-limiting pathogens like things like E. coli and salmonella. And she definitely had a gut infection during Christmas because it was just her gut. And nothing else. And so, anyway, I have some stories about how we kind of help. And like when I gave her hyper doses of spore based probiotics, she would get better. And then she like stopped taking them, and she got worse again. So anyway, for immune response. So we supported her with immunoglobulins, and she would say things like, "My body doesn't hurt." And this is funny because she needed basically the max treatment for her condition, and it's immunoglobulin. It's essentially immunoglobulin therapy that she's taking now intravenously every two weeks. So just kind of interesting connection. All right. Well, I am over my five minutes again. So I hope you enjoyed this little autoimmune crisis case study. And I will see you next week. If you have requests for these little clinical pearls, go to lessstresslife.com, click on the little speak pipe app on the side of the screen, record your little voice memo with the question, and I will most likely use it for one of these pearls. Thank you so much. And I think this is a great time to say that I have the perfect quiz for you if you liked this one. Remember I said autoimmune stuff happens when your body's like, nope, you have to stop. I do have a are you approaching burnout quiz on my website at kristabigler.com. I'll link it in the show notes. Do you need to detox? January is really a time where the word detox gets thrown around and people spew all kinds of craziness on both sides of the fence. But here's the thing. We need to show respect where respect is due, my friends. Detox is amazing, and I happen to have a pretty intimate connection and knowledge on what detox looks like and when it is slowed. From waking up with a puffy face, or your eyes being swollen, or retaining water weight, or having skin stuff like acne, eczema, etc. pop up, or identifying as a sweaty person, not handling alcohol like I did when I was 21, not waking up energized, waking up in the middle of the night, even. Some some interesting eye symptoms I can trace to my detox systems. So what do you do? Well, thank God this is a podcast and not a Twitter post because it doesn't fit in 140 characters. When people ask me questions like, what do you think of this chlorella supplement or dandelion tea or juice cleanse? I want to sit down and give you the 101 on what's happening inside your body so you know exactly if and what that tea or supplement will or will not help. That's why I'm doing a live detox masterclass on January 8th don't worry, a replay will be available if you register for the live version. In my Detox Masterclass, you'll get the Detox 411 of what's going on on the inside and outside of your body, plus simple shifts you can make to make these systems work better. You'll get how often you should give your body some love on your detox pathways, so your skin, digestion, energy, and just your body in general runs at its absolute best. You'll also get my two-week detox protocol that you can use, then rinse and repeat to affect everything from how much fluid you're retaining to improving sleep and energy to how much you sweat to that bare nose that you have. I've been wanting to do this forever and we're finally doing it. So Just go to kristabigler.com forward slash detox to take my do you need to detox quiz and register for this jam-packed masterclass. You do not want to miss it. So we'll have this link in the show notes as well, but it's kristabigler.com forward slash detox. I'll see you there.